Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Praise God. Well, no pressure. I mean, seriously, <laughs> don't blow it. <laughs> oh, man. What, man, it's just an honor to be here. I, I can't, I'm just, uh, I feel a little nervous actually because I'm just so excited to be here. I, I love ministering here. This is home for us. You guys probably don't know us. Uh, we do attend here, uh, but we travel. And so if we're not here, it's because we're on the road preaching and declaring Jesus to people everywhere we go. We, we travel literally all over the world. Uh, we've been to India, Malaysia. Uh, we've been to all kinds of places. And so we're out traveling, preaching Jesus. And uh, so it's just an honor to be here. I want to just take a quick moment and honor Pastor Don and Jessamy for everything that you guys have instilled into my life. And uh, I honor you. And I appreciate yeah, who you are. Let's give him a hand, amen. <laughs> Pastor told me one time, I was sitting across the, the desk from him and uh, he said, Dustin, you'll never know what it's like sitting on this side of the desk until you're sitting on this side of the desk and starting my own ministry. I think about those words all the time because when you're sitting on the other side of the desk, there's decisions and things that you have to do that people don't understand because they're not sitting on that side of the desk. And so uh, I appreciate you, sir, and all the things that you've done and and revealed and showed uh, us and uh, just gave me opportunity that was just awesome. I remember the first time he asked me to preach on a Wednesday night and uh, one of the staff members that was here, I was like, man, what? what's it like to preach on a Wednesday night? And he's like, it's not that big of a deal. I'm like, it's a big deal to me. Uh, I had never done that before. I was always in the back, you know, uh, slapping teenagers around. And so it was a huge, huge deal to me. So I'm honored to be here. Um, uh, before I get in, I want to give you a little advertisement about who we are, what we do. And, but first I want to tell you about my beautiful and amazing wife, Mandy K. Martin. Uh, she's at home taking uh, care of our two beautiful children, handsome and beautiful. Uh, we have a young man, uh, Ezra Mack. He's two and a half. He's a beast. Took after me, obviously. I love him. And uh, he's, he's a big dude. Um, it's awesome. I hope he just towers over me one day. Uh, he came out 10-7, you know, so it's like, hello. Um, <clears throat> and then we have our beautiful, petite little Brooklyn Joy. And she did take after me. <laughs> uh, but she's, she's awesome. And it's just a, a joy in our life. And she's always happy. And so mama's taking care of them. And I'm just, uh, the other day I was driving. I was thinking about the family God's given me. Because we weren't going to have kids. People thought we couldn't. But we actually didn't want them. Uh, we were, I know that, why would you say that? We were living the dream. We were just, you know, going where we want, doing what we want. Everybody else was home, putting the kids to bed. We're like, Woo, we're free. And, uh, and then we decided to have kids. And now all we do is dream, <laughs> dream of being alone and having sleep. And so <laughs> praise God. But, uh, but she's just a trooper. I love my wife and, uh, and the family that God's given me. I was driving and I thought, Lord, you have truly blessed me. I'm a blessed man. And so uh, we're, we're just doing great. But in uh, 2012, if Pastor Don said, make this quick, because I got a good word for you tonight. But in 2012, we launched Martin Ministries International. And uh, God gave us a mandate uh, to, uh, in short, uh, out of Romans chapter one, verses 11 and 12, is to impart, establish, and encourage the body of Christ. And so that's what we do. We go into local churches to uh, link arms with pastors who encourage, fan the flame, if you will, of what God is already doing in their church and in their city. And we just go in there. I kind of feel like an infomercial preacher. 
I come in and I'm like, but wait, there's more. You know, I mean, that's just, that's my personality. I want people to come up to a higher level of living because when you understand what Jesus has done for you, this isn't my message, but it's gonna be good. When you understand what Jesus has done for you, that he took your sin, all your wrongdoing on himself, he was perfect, you were not. And yet he went to the cross for you so that you could be raised together, made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. That's, that's what he did for you. Well, it sounds, that's too good to be true. Exactly. It's so simple, man makes it hard, amen? And so that's what we do. We go around and we just love on people. We preach Jesus and we ask them to take a step up and, and accept and receive everything that God has purchased for them and destined them to have in Christ Jesus, amen? And so that's what we do. But you can find us at martinministries.tv. Uh, go on our line there. We do a monthly newsletter. It's really not a newsletter. It's a word of encouragement. Every month I pray and I ask God, Lord, what would you want me to say to these people. And I write a letter to just encourage you. And if you go to martinministries.tv, you can sign up there and it comes through MailChimp and it just every month, it's free. And you can just get that, open it up and uh, just let the Lord bless you. And uh, so we do that. And, um, and uh, so that's an opportunity for you to see what we're doing, where we're going and all the things that God has us doing. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, uh, before we get into the word tonight, I normally don't tell jokes when I preach. Uh, but when I do, people laugh. So I'm going to tell you a couple jokes. I thought that was funny. Anyways, uh, uh, here, two jokes real quick, and then we'll get going. So this, is, this will be good. So anyways, this husband and this wife uh, are getting ready in the morning in the bathroom. And uh, her, uh, the wife notices the husband standing on the scale. And he sucks in his stomach. And the wife kind of giggles and goes, sweetheart, that's not going to help. He goes, yeah, it will. It helps me see the numbers. <laughs> so praise the <laughs> Lord. Amen. <laughs> Here's a second joke. Uh, so uh, this husband, he, he's just fatigued. He's tired. He's stressed out. He's under pressure. So uh, they go to the doctor to find out what's going on with him. Why is he going through all this stuff? And so the doctor examines him and does a full analysis. And he goes, uh, ma'am, can I see you out in the hallway? And uh, she's like, yeah, yeah. And so she goes out in the hallway with him. The doctor says, Here, here's what I want you to do. If you'll do what I'm about to tell you, your husband will make a full recovery. What you need to do is in the morning, get up early and I want you to go ahead and get breakfast made for your husband. And anything that he wants, have breakfast ready, cup of coffee, the newspaper, whatever he is. Don't fight with him. Don't, sh don't argue. Just have that breakfast there, some music in the background. I mean, whatever he likes, make his morning an amazing morning. When it's lunchtime, I want you to cook him a nice lunch. Make sure it's hot. Make sure it's ready. Don't make him ask for it. Don't ask him, honey, what do you want to eat? Just have it laid out, ready. He comes and sits down. Don't fight about things. Just make life easy for him. And then at dinner time, cook him a beautiful meal. I mean, just go all out. Make it a three-course meal. Do everything you can. Don't argue with him. I mean, just, just make life easy for your husband. And at least three times a week, be intimate with him. If you'll do these things, your husband will make a full recovery. She said, okay. They went back in. The husband looked at her. She, he said, uh, well, well what'd the doctor say? She looked at him with these tears in her eyes. She says, doctor said, you're gonna die. <laughs> so praise God, amen. Woo, praise the Lord, hallelujah. 
<laughs> All right, bow your heads, close your eyes. We'll get into the word. Father, we thank you so much for your word tonight. God, we thank you that you watch over your word to perform it in our lives. And Father, we praise you. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Father God, we thank you that, uh, that you are going to move on the hearts of every person under the sound of my voice, uh, both, both here and those watching. Father, I thank you that, uh, uh, Lord, that you'll cultivate this message for right where they are, that God, they have ears to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying, that we leave here different and changed and rearranged for your honor and your glory, that we would be the people that you've called us to be. And we thank you for it in advance in Jesus name. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, if you will turn to Genesis chapter one, we're going to go through the whole Bible. Genesis chapter one, we're gonna start in verse 26. I'm gonna talk to you tonight about next level living. And uh, this has been stirring in my heart for some time now, talking about uh, really the title would be, what do you believe? What do you believe? And uh, some things that God's been showing me and some things that I've been meditating on, I'm gonna show you tonight that this is, this is your makeup. This is who you are. When, when you find out the way that you were created and the way that you are to function as a believer, you're going to begin to see the results that you are been believing for. And so in Genesis chapter one, look at this in verse 26, it says, then God said, let us make man in our own image, according to our own likeness, and let them have dominion. The word there, uh, image, or let me start with likeness, means an exact duplication in kind. The word image means model. In other words, God said, I want to make a miniature me. I want one that has the capability, has the, the, uh, uh, the power that I possess. I want them to possess. I want them to have. You and I were created. This is very important. If you're taking notes tonight, you might want to write this down because statistically speaking, people that take notes are more likely not to go to hell. Amen. <laughs> it's not true, but it sounds true. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> but God made you in his likeness. Listen to me, you are made in the God class. God gave you his ability to be like him and to operate just like he operates. You're gonna see this in a minute, but if you look in Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 11 or uh, chapter 14, uh, Satan tried to operate in what you've been given as a son and daughter of God. And he said with his mouth, I will be like the most high God. And what, instead of him being, those words creating, it got, the Bible says, Jesus said, hey, don't, don't even give two seconds to the devil. I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. How many of y'all know that Satan's defeated? Amen. Amen. Sometimes we got to remind him that he's defeated because he's going around trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But how many of y'all know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? Yeah. Amen. And so look at uh, verse 7, uh, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Watch this. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. The amp, uh, uh, Amplified or one translation says, he became a living speaking spirit like God. A living speaking spirit like God. Turn, if you will, to, uh, I want to show you this. Turn to Romans chapter 10. 
I give a lot of scriptures. That's just what I do. So Romans chapter 10. I want to start in verse eight. Watch this. But what does the Bible says? What I want you to say, this is who you are. This is your makeup. This is how you operate. If you'll begin to understand how God created you and begin to operate in that model, in that likeness, you'll begin to see the results you've been desiring. So watch this, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The word saved, there's the word sozo, it's saved, healed. It's a, it's a package deal. All things have been made new. Look at verse 10, for with the heart one believes. How do you, with what do you believe? Come on, talk to me, with the, with the heart. You believe with your heart. You don't believe with your mind, you believe with your, your heart. For with the heart one believes under righteousness and with the mouth, what happens? Confession is made known unto salvation. That is the process by which you got saved and that is the process by which you obtain anything that concerns the word of God. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. That's how you got saved. If you're not saved, we're gonna give you an opportunity. It's so simple, it's, it's like, no, there's gotta be something more. No, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And I'm gonna show you some things tonight that if you'll begin to understand that you are a living, speaking spirit like God, that you've been created in his likeness and in his image. You've been given the, the ability to operate like God, to speak and to, to declare things and watch them come to pass. Let me read on here, watch this. So you believe in the heart, confess with your mouth. For scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Jump down to verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? That's very important. How do you form a belief? By what you hear. You form a belief about something, about what you hear. So how will they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Someone say job security. <laughs> Amen. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Someone say responsibility. <laughs> Amen. So the preaching of the word of God is the, what open, you, your ears to hear truth. Let me, let me say this to you. A belief, one, one author said it this way, a belief is a core conviction that is based upon absolute truth. A belief, how'd you get saved? I believed in my heart and I confessed with my mouth. How'd you, how did you believe in your heart? Someone 
spoke to you, someone preached to you, someone said the word of God to you and you believed it as truth, you formed a core conviction that was based upon what they said. You formed a belief and then you released what you believed out of your mouth. And God said, when you did that, salvation came. Salvation came. And if we'll follow this process, this is the exact process by which you receive anything from God, especially things like healing. How many have ever needed to be healed before? How do you receive your, hear, your hearing? Amen. How do you receive your healing? You have to form a core conviction based upon absolute truth about what God says about you. So here's the thing that I want you to see real quick. Don't wanna spend a lot of time on this is that truth is not subjective. In other words, what's true for you, some people say what's true for you might not be true for me. That's not true. Because truth is absolute. Two plus two is four. It doesn't matter if we get a group of people together and we all vote and say, hey guys, we're gonna make a committee that two plus two is five and we're gonna be the two plus two is five group and we believe it, we're, 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 gonna, we're gonna vote on it and we're gonna change society that two plus two is five. It ain't gonna float. Why? Because mathematics is an absolute. Two plus two, whether you agree or not, will always be four. And the word of God, according to Hebrews 13, 8, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The word of God you can stand on and rely on. Why? Because it is an absolute truth. It does not vary. John 14, 6, Jesus himself declared, I am the way and the life. And, whoops, I skipped, <laughs> the truth. Jesus said, I'm it, I'm the truth. So here's what I want you to see. If you are trying to obtain something from God, but all you're listening to is C-SPAN and Fox and you know, social media, and you're getting in the, the political opinion and agenda of this world, when it comes time for you to stand on the things of God or to believe something, you're not gonna have what it takes. Why? Because you haven't been hearing truth, you've been hearing opinion. You've been hearing what someone else thinks. I love you, I respect you, but I'm not living my life based upon what you think or the circumstance that happened to you. I'm living my life based upon the word of God that does not change. So let me show you this real quick. Turn, if you will, to uh, Mark chapter five. This is what I wanna get to, Mark chapter five. So all of that to bring us to this, Mark chapter five. I love this story. Look at Mark chapter five and verse 21. This is how you operate. This is who you are. It's so simple. I, I, sometimes it's like we try to make things complicated. I want a heavy revy, man. Tell me something I haven't heard before. And I love what Pastor Cody said. It's like, sometimes you just need to go back to the basics. You just go back to some of the, sim the simplistic things uh, uh, that, that, that God has spoken because those are the deals that bring about results in your life. I don't know about you, but I don't like seeing other people living what I'm believing for and me not, I, I, you know, everybody else is getting it, but not me. 
if God's word says that, it's like, come on, how do we, how do we get this? Is it, I like getting results. Maybe it's just me, but here we go. Mark chapter five and verse 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed over, I want you to watch some of the things that I just spoke to you about, about hearing and believing. We're gonna see them right here in these verses. Watch how these people obtained what they were needing in their life. Watch how it happened. Because if you'll do the exact same thing and not be moved away from what you've come to believe, and that's my main emphasis for tonight, if you will not be moved away by what God has been speaking to you, you will see the promises of God fulfilled in your life. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came to Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Now, I have to say this. I was in my hotel room in Shreveport, Louisiana. I was preaching in Mansfield, Louisiana for a pastor there, Pastor Paul and Casey. And the Lord showed me this. And I wanna bring it out to you tonight because I think it'll help some of you here. But look at, you, you see Jairus. He is the ruler of the synagogue. He comes and he falls down at Jesus' feet. We see that and we're like, oh, praise God. He was humble. He was begging Jesus. Turn to Luke chapter four. Look at Luke chapter four and verse 14. It says, then Jesus returned in the, the power of the spirit to Galilee and news of him went out through all the surrounding regions and he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. Jump down to verse 17. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20, then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him and he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So he gets up and starts preaching. Hey guys, I'm the Messiah. I'm the Christ. I am the anointed one. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And everybody gets madder than a hornet. What? Who do you think you are? Look at verse 28. So all those in the synagogue, when they did what? When they heard, what'd they hear? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. I've been anointed to take that which the devil's been trying to oppress you with and get it off of your life and raise you back to the standard that God designed you to be living in. I'm here to help. They heard it and instead of saying, I believe that and received it, they made them angry. They heard these things and were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city and they led him to the brow of the hill which their city was built that, that they might throw him over the cliff. Now, I don't know if you can see this, but I can see Jairus. He's the ruler of the synagogue. He's the one that's probably yelling, grab him and throw him over the cliff. You know, like, who do you think you are? And everybody's grabbing, they're trying to grab him and they're trying to throw him over the cliff. And Jairus is probably the instigator. And I love that what it says in Jesus walked. Like they're trying to throw him over. It's almost like, you know, Jedi mind trick, I am leaving now. You know, I was like, and he just walked, he just walked through them. 
He just disappears. So you jump back over to Mark chapter five. Here comes Jairus. Now that we understand this, he comes and throws himself at Jesus' feet. Why? Because he's probably thinking Jesus realizes and remembers that I'm the one that tried to throw him off the cliff. Here's what I want to challenge you with tonight is simply this. If you're going to see the breakthrough that you have been desiring in your life, you're going to have to forgive and forget. Well, I'll forgive them, but I'll never forget. Every time that you say that, you're leaving the door open for Satan to draw you back into unforgiveness. I love the fact that Jesus is standing here knowing who Jairus is, what he did and how he was trying to kill him. And he says, he comes and says, I I know you know who I am, but brother, I need you to come and lay your hands on my daughter. Because watch what Jairus says. He's remembering what Jesus said, I'm anointed to heal. And he says to, he says to Jesus, if you will come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed, watch this, she will live. He declared what he believed. One minute he was probably throwing, trying to throw Jesus off the cliff, but then when it comes to your kids, how many of y'all know you'll do just about anything for your kiddos? Even put yourself in a a humble state of saying, you know what, I was wrong, Uh, I messed up, I'm hoping that you'll forgive me, but I need you to come because I know what you said. You said you were the Christ, the anointed one, and that you could heal. And if you'll come and lay your hands on my daughter, watch this, boldly he declares, she will live. Man. I'm gonna jump jump down to verse 27. Y'all know the story. He, uh, Jesus says, I'll go with you. I love that. How many of y'all know Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you? God's not judging you. God is not mad at you. Yeah, but you don't know what I did. Yeah, you're right, I don't. But God does, and he still chose to love you, to embrace you in all of your nasty. He wrapped his arms around you, and he said, I forgive you. Aren't you glad that God didn't say, I'll forgive, but I'm never going to forget? The Bible says that he, he took your sins and removed them from you as far as the east is from the west. Micah uh, 7, 19, I believe it is, it says he took your sin and put them in the depths of forgiveness, the depths of the sea. When you come to God and you start trying, well, God, I know what I did. God's like, what you talking about, Willis? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I have no basis for what you're talking about. Why? Because the blood of Jesus Christ is crying out saying, I have redeemed them. I have purchased them back. That's why the Bible says we come boldly into the throne room. You come in there with a little stride and your ride, a little hip and your hop. You're like, what up? Why? Because you know how much God loves you. You're not there on your merit. You're not there because of what you've done. You're there because of what Jesus did. And you have to remember that. Because anytime that you begin to see yourself as I'm going to make God think he, you know, I'm something it pales in comparison. You're never, we're not gonna stand on the steps of the throne of God and, God and go, hey God, you know, <laughs> you know you, hey, hey, your boy's here. <laughs> God did some cool stuff. It ain't gonna impress him. You know what's gonna impress him? Is when you stand there and say, hey God, I accepted your son Jesus. 
It was by grace and through faith that I believed in his name. And that's why I'm here. And he'll say, "Woo, come on with it. Let's go. 19 seconds. All right, here we go. <laughs> so here's Jairus. I want, to see, I want you to see the story real quick. Here's Jairus. He's going with Jesus. He's excited. Oh my, you know, he's just like, thank you. you apparently you're not remembering you know, uh, what I tried to do to you. Now we're going and, and then he's excited. And then the Bible says, and then this woman shows up. And when she, this is this woman that had an issue of blood and she spent all that she had, but she rather grew worse. But look, verse 27, but when she, what? When she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, I just want to say this. Maybe you were inviting somebody for Easter and they just didn't come. Let me tell you something. Don't give up on them. I said, don't give up on that person you've been inviting to church. Listen, I'm a product. My dad was a cocaine addicted alcoholic that some guy at barber shop when he was learned how to cut hair would not give up on my dad and kept inviting him to church. And he finally said, if you'll leave me alone, I'll go. Thank God that he didn't leave my dad alone. Don't give up. I think there was somebody that kept going to this lady and she kept, they kept telling her about Jesus, kept telling her about Jesus. For she heard about him and she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. And verse 28 says, for she said, the Amplified Bible says, for she kept saying, if I could touch but the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She heard about Jesus and she said something, which means she heard that Jesus was the healer and she formed a belief that said, if I could touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Listen, confession is not so much about repetition. It's not, well, I said by his stripes 15,000 times, so now I'm healed. Confession programs your spirit to create. Confession does something to your mind. It, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse five. Confession holds your thoughts captive that try to exalt the, themselves against what you know to be true about your God. So the reason I'm confessing, the reason why she kept confessing was because there was opposition from her getting what she knew she heard to be true. If I can touch the hem of his clothes. Why are you saying by his stripes I'm healed? By Jesus' stripes I'm healed. You're not saying it because after you hit a certain number, then it manifests. You're saying it because the devil's telling you it's not gonna happen. The devil's telling you your hip still hurts. The devil's telling you your headache, your migraines, your back, your arms, your ligaments, they're never gonna heal. You're always going to be in pain. You're always gonna have to deal with this situation. You're always gonna have to be medicated. You're always gonna have to live this way. Why? Because you've done everything you know to do, but it's grown worse and you're just in a place of hopelessness. But when you begin to get into the word of God, the truth of God, and you begin to confess the word of God because it forms a belief in your heart and you begin to release it out of your mouth, what happens? It, pro, it begins to set in motion the life and the promises of God in your life. It sets it in motion. Listen to this. This is believing, write this down. Believing is the process of faith. What you believe initiates your faith. And trust is its protection. Believing is the process of faith. What is faith? Faith is the hand that goes into the unseen and brings it and makes it a reality. 
she said, if I could touch the hem of his garment. Jesus immediately in verse 30, knowing that himself the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and, and, and said, who touched me? I love that. The disciples are like, seriously, Jesus? Like, I mean, I don't, want, I don't want to call you out, but that's a dumb question, <laughs> you know. But he knew that, that, that there was a demand that had been put on him. And he said to the daughter, uh, she began the Bible said, how did, I'm trying to hurry, verse 33. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. How do they know that? How do they know that she had an issue of blood for 12 years and spent all that she had, but rather grew? How do they know? Because she's sitting there telling Jesus every detail. How many bottom liners do we have in here? Come on, just get to the point. I mean, bottom line it for me. Well, what happened was they were wearing a red dress and then we came over here and then you're like, oh my, just bottom, right? So you know Jairus is over there and he's like, lady, chatty Kathy, zip it. My daughter, she's almost dead. And you're telling us everything that happened. Glory to God, you got healed. Woo, let's move, let's go. And I love this one. Look at verse 35. While he was still speaking. Let, let me read it to you in the Amplified Bible for the sake of time. I'm, I'm, I'm closing right here. Mark chapter five and verse 35. Overhearing but ignoring what they said. Oh man, this verse. I just, like, I can't I just, I just read it. I just get excited. Here's Jesus. This lady's over here talking about everything. The doctor's name was Ted. And then he referred me to Billy. You know, I mean, she's just going on and on, right? Jairus is sitting there like, you got to be kidding me. Like, and then the people have the audacity to come and say, hey, why bother the teacher any longer, man? Your daughter's dead. And Jesus says, overhearing, but what? Ignoring what they said. Here's what I want you to see tonight. There are some people that you're going to have to ignore what they say. Because you've heard some things, you formed a belief and you've been saying by Jesus stripes, I am healed. I'm going to obtain this. And then along the way, there's going to be circumstances that are going to try to get you to and derail you from what you've been saying. And they're going, you're going to have to overhearing, but ignoring what they say. Who are the they's in your life? Who are the ones that are speaking contrary to the truth in your life. Overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be seized with alarm. What's this word seize mean? It's the idea of a python. How does a python kill something? It wraps around them and slowly squeezes. You take a breath and when you exhale, it tightens up. You take a little bit shorter breath and then you exhale again. And what's it do? It tightens up even more until it squeezes the breath out of you. It squeezes the ability for you to speak. Fear will squeeze the belief and your ability to confess what you know to be true. And Jesus is saying to them, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Only keep on believing. Only keep on believing. Here's what I want you to say. I'm closing up. I'm right here. Maybe at the beginning of this year, you had a New Year's resolution. Maybe there's a word that God spoke to you maybe last year and you made a decision and you said, I believe that. 
I believe my business is gonna make a turnaround. I believe that God's gonna restore my marriage. I believe that God's gonna do a supernatural work in my life. You made a decision to believe something and then along the way there came opposition. What I want you to see tonight is simply this. When you, from the moment that you make the, the, the belief to the moment of the manifestation, what happens in between has no bearing on the outcome in your life. Well, I guess it's not gonna work now. I mean, we, we're going the opposite direction. It, listen, Jairus' daughter was dead. Yeah. Nor, most of us would have been like, sorry, man, if this lady hadn't come, good luck next time. High five, chest bump, what's up, you know? But what Jesus said, hey, don't, don't allow the opposition from what you originally believed to derail you. Don't, let me say, don't switch lanes now. You heard something, you formed a belief. You formed a belief and you're confessing, you're declaring, you're saying, Father God, I believe this to be true in my life. And then all of a sudden the devil does what he does, Mark chapter five, he comes in to steal, kill and destroy. He comes to take that word out of your life. Your responsibility is to say, I'm not going to give up because what happens? Jesus goes, lays his hand on the daughter and he raises her back to life. You have a resurrection miracle waiting if you won't give up. Don't give in and don't allow time to try your trust. God is moving, God is working, and God is operating on your behalf. Why? Because you're operating in the way that you were created, you're formed a belief, and you're releasing power out of what you say. And as long as you'll stick to what you originally believed, you'll see the manifestation in your life. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.